Hey guys, Dan here. I want to say a massive thank you to our new sponsors, Fight Fuel UK. Fight Fuel UK are a sports supplement and clothing company for the boxing, MMA, and martial arts community. Be sure to check out their great products on fightfuel.co.uk. And remember, guys, by supporting our sponsors, you support the podcast. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy this episode. I'm ready. I'm just, how do I get this a bit louder? Hang on. Talk, talk now? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, okay, fine. That's cool. cool. Just trying oh. to get a bit louder. <laughs> cool, so I'm ready whenever you are, mate. All right, I'm cool. Cool, so here I am with the biggest 21-year-old in the fucking world. How are we doing, my friend? <laughs> how are you getting on? I'm doing good. Man, how are this you? Is, this is all what gets me every time I like you come in conversation. I'm thinking, okay, he's a middleweight, yeah. Uh, where are these genetics coming from? Like, what is this? <laughs> Most like, like Drago in itself is just a quality sort of nickname anyway. Like, so talk to me. So, you, what's your Thanks background? You, like, you. have you always been um like quite athletic? Is it something you've always been doing anyway? Was just MMA been something you came across quite late? What's been your sort of journey with sports and stuff? I started off playing football, so I used to play football a lot when I was young. Um, I was in a, a football academy. I used to play for Millwall Football Club um, in the youth system. And then I sort of faded out of football around 14. And then, you know, you go to school, you start getting into fights in school. You're around that 14, 15, 16-year-old age where you start trying to get a bit angry and stuff. A bit of testosterone comes out, I guess, you know. Like that, in that, Millwall as well. I, mean, I didn't want to say anything, but... <laughs> <laughs> you know, so bullying can be a bit hard at those times, you know, so I got bullied a little bit in school and I just decided, right, I need to learn how to defend myself. And I was a very small kid when I was in school. I was tiny. I was always the smallest kid in the school. So I had a growth spurt when I was around 16 when I started MMA as well. So I just started getting bigger and then it just all culminated into what it is now. Like Captain America almost, like just overnight, just sort of just get fucking, just come out. It is a bit like, yeah. <laughs> but, the yeah. frog juice was good. We, <laughs> this is what we want as well. And the thing is, when you said about Millwall, I was thinking, okay, he's one of these hooligans as well. Like, yeah, he changed him so he can get him better fights into the West Ham. <laughs> I'm a West Ham fan as well, and, a, and I used to play for Millwall. Oh, you fucking snake. What's going on with that then? <laughs> Oh, Mate, I, you know, it, it was what it was. That was the team that had taken me at the time, you know? Got to do what you got to do. Look out for Nemo Rono. So, with your... Pull it back then. So, with your, like, training and stuff now, then, like, I don't know. How um, regimented yeah, were you I then? Mean, I, so, like, in the sense of, obviously, you started doing football quite a serious level quite young. So, you used to being quite regimented, quite, like, I don't know, strict with what you're doing. Like, how have you sort of kept with that throughout, obviously, going through school and never sort of distractions, like, you know, kids like that do how have you found keeping that level of discipline uh my parents they instill that they they they, they set they set the rules so my parents always try to instill that kind of mentality in me so that's that's the reason why so are they quite athletic themselves are they competed or is this something they've just felt my, my, mom, my mom was a marathon runner um, she ran a lot of marathons and my dad, so she's got a lot of mental, you know, mental power. My dad was just, my dad was naturally pushed a lot when he was young by his own father. He used to play a lot of cricket and he used to play a lot of athletics and all the, all the athletic track events and stuff. So he used to do a lot of that. But yeah, they're, they're both, they're both people that appreciate 
physical activity, I guess. I mean, with that in itself, then, because again, they probably see it from a sporting perspective. Where do you see MMA? Do you see it from a fighting kind of thing, or is it more of a sport? How do you see your? I don't know. How do MMA you see is MMA? Not thing? A sport. Okay. MMA is definitely not a sport. I think they call it a sport. A sport's tennis. That's a sport. MMA is just the fucking war game. MMA is MMA is just violence. It's just it's just. I mean, it's a sport in the sense that you can't bite. It's a sport in the sense that you can't. You know, there there are rules. It's not like UFC one, which was just next level. But that is actually, you know, what a fight is. It's just we were watching people who had no technique back then. But I'll be very interested to see fights in MMA with soccer kicks and headbutts. I think all that stuff should be legal, personally. Six to 12, 12 to six elbows, I think that should be legal. I want to see a rule set as unlimited. Of course, you can't bite, go for the dick or anything like that. But I want to see a rule set, which is like as maximum what you can do as possible to represent the true fight, you know? I mean, with that being said, then, this is where you get these sort of conversations at what point is it not a fight? Because when you start giving any kind of rules, but then it also gets a bit too like, okay, we can't train kicking your training partners in the cock because I don't really appreciate that too much. Like, you, you can't know. practice that, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that yeah. in training, like, you know what, it's body condition, okay. A couple of like, liver shots, okay, whatever. All right, spread your legs, like, what? <laughs> you take off your coin guard, like... <laughs> sort of up. be the worst training partner that guy who just does heel hooks with you suplexes and soccer kicks that's what <laughs> we're going to work on today oh imagine that imagine really that fucking hell but there is something yeah, to be said though for, next morning this is something to be said though for like okay if it's a fight versus being a sport then it's playing the rules and this that and the other so would you prefer that being said one continuous round or would you like having separate rounds <sighs> Well, it's it, the reason why they have the round, isn't it? And the round break is for advertisements and, you know, they want the ring card girl going around. It's just, it's the way the sport was built up to the business of it. So that's the business side. And you've got, you've got to always remember this is a business and because it's a business, they can operate like a business. But um, I think as an athlete, the, the continuous round would obviously be more realistic to what a fight is. The fight wouldn't get paused a minute in with it so that's we're, we're talking about the principle of the first ufc was about who's the best fighter and the way to make it fair is to make it fair and by i mean imagine nick and nate diaz if they had like a continuous round to just build their momentum just non-stop like triathlete level like cardio and stuff and again it comes down stylistically as well business. like now this is even more interesting because now you're saying it from a business point of view so if you've gone in this initially on sort of primal kind of i love to fight this is a fight this is a war this isn't sport but now you're seeing it from a different perspective of being a business. So what do you see yourself as in, in these, in these fights? Then? Do you see yourself as like a product you're trying to like get the most value from? Do you see yourself as, okay, I'm here to fight? How do you view your career in this point, in a sense? Well, m- mine is all based on passion. I just enjoy training, learning martial arts. I like the lifestyle as it's my kind of lifestyle. It, it's just regardless of what I do in the sport, it's just what I want to do anyway. Do you know what I mean? So my mentality is to just train martial arts every day and just see what happens with my with my life. That's really it. I mean, wherever I end up, I end up, but I'm very confident in my ability. I mean, with that with that being said as well, I see a lot on your Instagram, you're doing a lot of like like strict wrestling in itself. Like mm-hmm. how do you find doing individual disciplines versus MMA as a whole? Do you like to keep that's it separate the way in its own it. right? That's the, that's the secret. You don't do MMA. That's a terrible idea. That's a fucking terrible, flawed idea. You don't do MMA. 
MMA, like I see a lot of guys doing jujitsu in MMA gyms and they do boxing in MMA gyms. Like, bro, you need to go to a boxing club. You're not throwing those punches correct at all. That guy who's an MMA fighter, I'm not saying he's terrible. There's just something called levels. And you realize this when you go to the boxing club and then you see people who box twice a day. And then you realize, ah, I see. There's a different level to this. My mindset of MMA boxing is a completely different mindset to people who just fucking box every day. And that's the same for jiu-jitsu, taekwondo, rest, any specialized martial art has people who specialize in that martial art and just train it all day. And they're the people that you need to get the knowledge from. And then you bunch it all together. That's what I do. But with that being said, so with the way you've managed to get your benefits from there and obviously get to where you are now, surely with the conflicting kind of, I don't know, rules, for example, take wrestling, like the sort of ways you'd roll to your back, try and get the pins, you try and do this, that and the other. In MMA, there aren't certain things you'd want to do. And these kind of concepts like boxing as well, like the sort of way you turn your knee in too much, you get leg kicked to shit. Those sort of things, do you not find that MMA is more of a, okay, this works, but you have to do it in a certain way to make it work in MMA. How do you find that kind of, I don't know, putting it together, that kind of side of stuff? Good question. Good question. Like, 100%. Like, if I do a certain role in boxing, I'll get kneed in the head and I'll get knocked out. If I do um, a certain, like, the leg kick is there. You look at Nate Diaz getting his leg chewed up against Mm. uh, various fighters. That's because he has too much of a boxing stunt. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, and that's where you, as the mixed martial artist, your job is to learn these individual martial arts to the maximum level. And then it's up to you through that efficiency that you've now obtained from doing that so much training, that specific martial art, to now be the one who decides how to blend it. How do you, that's the artist, how do you then blend all these different martial arts into how you want them to all look together? Because that's, well, that's what mixed martial arts is. It's all these martial arts blended together with your style what that's what you decided it to be so yeah for example with Nate Diaz his legs too turned in it's like that's way too t- I think he but then again he's not he's not a kicker I throw more kicks you know but so it's the, like he's yeah. heavily dependent on boxing so he tries that's his style he wants to box you so he has a boxing stance now this is where it gets even more kind of I don't know so you get these specific kind of styles so We've gone with boxing for sort of stance, conflicts, or ways to do certain things and sort of damage from that. Take jiu-jitsu, for example, ground and pound, ball wrestling, very specific MMA things. Like, How do you start training for that then? Do you leave that purely for MMA well, or is that something you're isolated? How would you make up that kind of grey area in between? So I, I mix it up. I do do MMA. I do MMA sparring. I do MMA training in the sense of I do ground and pound on it. I have a dummy in my flat. I do ground and pound on that, which is something that a lot of people don't really do. Practice a lot of ground and pound. I spar all the time. I've always got bodies that I can bring in and just spar. Of course, you've got to be careful. I got a cut recently, which I had to heal. So for 12 days, I wasn't really sparring. I was just working on just techniques and stuff. But even still, I, I, I'm... I don't want to spar too much because I don't want to get any injuries. Like I got an injury in a fight for February in Dubai and I missed that because I got an injury. I was just overtraining and I don't want that sort of shit to happen. So I'm just here regulating, making sure I'm fit. My heart rate's very low, working on sharpening the skills. I do MMA. I do then specific people come over who are boxers or wrestlers or jiu-jitsu guys. And then I'm just working with them and I visit places as well. That's how I'm working it. So with that then, you say you spar quite a lot. What's the usual kind of 
mindset with your sparring then is each sort of session tailored around a certain goal is it like okay i'm going to try and land certain takedowns is it okay i'm going to go certain percentages is it got ticks things you want to do how do you do your sparring as such so i i would wrestle a guy who has got really good jiu-jitsu uh, less good stand-up and all right wrestling and i would just basically stop their takedowns the whole round and keep it standing and beat them on the feet then i'd spar someone who's more of an all-rounder I'd spar loads of different styles, loads of different bodies, and I just—I'm not really going for anything. I'm just being creative, and I'm just trying shit. And I'm just trying to. And, and if, for example, there, as I said before, he's a good grappler, I'll work on keeping, stopping the takedown, keeping it standing up. So naturally, I'll just practice things like that. But for this guy that I'm fighting, it's not really—I don't feel really feel like that. I feel like I'm better everywhere. So I feel like all this is about is just staying tuned and ready, and just keeping sharp, and just going into the fight healthy, and just you know, doing the job. Now, when you have that kind of confidence in your ability, as you should do anyway, but that kind of, okay, I'm confident I'm better than my opponent. And obviously you're going to say stuff like that anyway, just purely because it's, you know, fight talk. You've got to always, you're not going to say, oh no, I feel a bit shit. He's not going to beat me. No one's going to say that. Obviously. But, like, <laughs> but with this whole kind of genuine confidence, okay, I am a better skill set than he's got. How do you then keep that level of drive and focus when you can easily get complacent? Like, okay. Oh, I could take it because a bit he's easier. Not the objective. Okay, that's interesting. What do you mean by he's that? He's just the fight that he's just he's just he's just the door. Now that's interesting. It's like a, it's like a video game when you go through the through the characters before you get to the big the big boss at the end. He's not the he's not the big boss that I'm worrying about. I've I've worried about the big boss. I've sparred the big bosses. I've sparred. I've sparred Hamza Shamayev, Jimmy Manuel, fucking good. I've good stuff. So I've good go all day, fucking. I've mm-hmm. sparred monsters, Yuri Pacheska, fucking. I can go. I know what the bosses are. You know, I've got experience sparring high level opposition. So, you know, he's 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 someone I train. I train every day, not for him. I train for the future. I train for 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 the fights in the future where I know I'm gonna have to be on my A game, you know, and I've got to be on my A game every fight. This guy can beat me. If he clips me, he's going to knock me out. I can't, trust me, I'm going to be on it on in the fight and I'm going to be ready and I'm going to be making sure that I'm going to do everything necessary to win, but he, I'm going to win this fight. This is not a question. This is not a, like a, in my mind, this is not something I'm, you know, going back and forth with. This is just something that's a formality. And then after this is done, it's just carrying on training and doing what I do anyway. I do this not for training for him. I'm not training for him. There's no motivation to fight him. It's just motivation to get better every day for the future. I love that analogy so much. It's like it was like a Tekken game kind of thing. You're like, okay, I'm going to be in him and this kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, with that whole mindset, it's very much like, you heard of the Chael Sonnen's line was it's camps for um, kids on summer vacation but you know i'm a grown-ass man I, I fight all the time i train all the time all this kind of stuff my ca- that's the thing that's what i realized i don't have a camp i don't have a camp well, there's no such thing as a camp i don't have one it's just every day's i just feel like i'm i was in a continuous flow of training i don't stop it's no there's no camp this is just what i do just all right there's a date good get what's a bit your, um, fit off do a bit more running a bit more sparring What's your diet like when you're sort of walking around weight? Because again, like 21, you're still kind of growing. You're still, you know, you don't want to cut crazy amounts. So what do you walk around at versus what you cut at? Um, it fluctuates. I mean, I've been 97. I've been 90. Sorry, I just cut out there. So I heard 97 and the sound cut out. 
I said, I, I've been 97. Um, you know, I fluctuate. I said, I fluctuate. And uh, right now, I'm about 92. Okay, that's, that's not as bad as I was sort of expecting there. Because when it comes to middleweight, because I had in my head you were a weight for a minute. I was thinking, okay, fucking hell, that's going to be hard work. But no, that's... It's a lot more achievable. That's fine. But fuck me. No fucking way am I going to World's Away, bro. No way. <laughs> Gonna be a long, long camp that would be. Middleweight is where I mate. Last time middleweight was horrible. Thing is, not ninety three. But this is the thing. Like I've got seven percent body fat. Now all of a sudden I'm a different kind of ninety three. Mm. There's ninety three kilos. When okay, so I get guys who go to me. Oh, mate, you should be making world weight. Meanwhile, I'm looking at them. They're 93 kilos. They're five foot eleven. I'm six foot three, and they're just fat. And I'm just thinking to myself, well, no, you need to lose the fat first, get yourself to lean body weight, and then you make weight. And then you won't be telling me that I need to make world weight. Yeah. I mean, with that being said, then how do you find that transition down? Then because you know, being being lean, being fucking massive, and then you know with big boys all the time how much of a deficit are you normally walking around at then are you like pretty much starving yourself are you pretty trim anyways sort of water how do you get it, down that? i have a nutritionist uh, called kate shilliad and, and she helps me with wow. all my nutrition and um i basically just eat these meals which have from like very plain food chicken and they're, they're wholesome food it's good food and basically i start cut out all the 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 food that you eat, which would just naturally just make you gain a bit of size and the GMO, I guess that we have in products. I don't need that kind of stuff anymore. And then I lose about a few kilos four, four, four or five kilos, just naturally just dieting about three weeks out. And that gets me to like 88, 88, 87 around that kind of range. And then from there, I drink a lot of water fight week, piss out with salt. And then I'm just, Saunering it and hot bathing it maybe if there's no sauna and then I just make weight when you're doing the sauna and the hot bath side of the sort of you know post water load and you got your weight cut how would you like to do that process is it more of a lot of visualizing is it just okay close your eyes get it done and then it's over with do you think a lot when you're in that process how do you deal with that just in a bad mood angry violent temper anything anyone does you'll snap at you know you're very um, angry in that stage and it's just about getting through it and you know and just making weight but hopefully it's going to be a lot easier this time because the first time i've had a nutritionist help me so i feel like this one shouldn't be as bad a cut because i've now got a nutritionist to help me make weight prior to that then was it just bro science or was it like your own kind of actually working out to a degree and then just trying to tighten up with a nutritionist um well the last fight i had it was just such a bad weight cut that i decided that it just, I, I, it just was not a good way. I was in a sauna for forty-five minutes. Like I was just, it was just not good. Good. It's just not a good experience, you know. So I was like, I don't want it to be like that. Like that needs to be sharper. So I just decided, right, I need a nutritionist for this camp. I mean, it makes sense because then that's the last sort of. I think you need to really get it right with your sort of salts and everything else, and then it's how you sort of rehydrate as well. Yeah. Like, what well, was your I, have like a, I have like a refuel plan after I make weight. Prior to that, then, what was your refuel like before you had a nutritionist? Did you have any sort of certain things you followed? Anything you've had? I don't know, like a, what do you call it? Like, not just his name, Dolce Diet kind of thing, that kind of refuel sort of plan. 
I haven't really researched into the Dolce diet at all, really. I just I just sort of rehydrated, just trying to put sugar and salts back into my body. Water, filling it with salt, and just shaking it and drinking that. It just sounds so horrible. But the thing is, when you're that dehydrated, it's, it's, it's so like refreshing that you're like, oh my God, this is horrible. If I wasn't on the brink of death, Anything this would be... tastes good when you're that dehydrated. Now, this is like, obviously you're very like focused, very clear that this is the rest of it. But when you're that hungry and this sort of dehydrated, what sort of food are you craving? What kind of thing? I think, you know what? Yeah, I'm chicken and veg and all this thing. But what am I Ooh. thinking? Typical 20 chicken nuggets from McDonald's. He knows it. Sour sauce. That's what you, the conviction, the conviction. You knew exactly what you were going to say. There was no Tea like... Corn tikka masala. Oh, pilaf rice and a bit of fucking naan bread. I'm thinking a bit of a sweet Look at your face. You're so happy. I love rice. it. Look at how happy you are. This is it? the kind of stuff that I'm thinking about. <laughs> the real questions. This is where we get the exclusive. <laughs> this is what people want to know. They don't care about the fight. It's the about truth. Food. This is what they want to know. You have to listen to Coke can ASMRs. You know? Oh, no. Don't even get me started. That kind of like, it's to the brink of death before you even start the proper like cut side. You're like, okay. Just watching all the sort of food porn shit. Thinking, oh, no. That cheesecake looks fucking good. <laughs> I don't understand how people can watch food porn when they're hungry. Like, I don't get they it. Watch it's just one of those things you can't help. Hunger, but that makes no sense to me. That just makes me more hungry watching that. It just, cause it just gets me annoyed. Like, I'm not like, yeah. happier or hungry. It's like going to angry. a strip club. It's like going to a strip club and you're just, you're just paying, but you're not getting anything. Just frustrating. It's just annoying. It's, I don't understand why you do it. I don't know. Some people are glad for punishment. I don't really know. So between fights then, because the way you described that earlier, so this person's a sort of stepping stone to your next stage in your career. That's how you're sort of facing that. So after the fight itself, because again, sort of wear and tear and general Everyone's strength. a stepping stone though. Yeah. Everyone is a stepping no, stone. No, it's just an example. Like everyone... saying this, this is just like, you know, this is a position, this is the next person's whoever it is, you're going to beat them, you're going to go to the they're, next they're, they're the next, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but so with that being said then, What's your gap between fights normally? Do you try and have a specific kind of rest period? Do you try and get back in straight away? What's your post-fight so, kind of... No, there, there is no real... I, I'm, I'm ready to fight whenever sort of thing. Like I had fought May, and then I had fought July, then I fought September, no, May, July, September. I fought March, May, July, September. So I fought, I fought pretty much like four times in the space of six months. And then after that, I had a, had a break for a bit because I had four fights back to back to back. And I just wanted to just work on some skills and just sort of have a break. So I missed an October card. And then in December, I was cornering Dapper Laughs for his fame in May. And then after that, I had a fight in February booked to go to Abu Dhabi. Then I hurt my knee. Just, I was overtraining, hurt my knee. April, I was then booked another fight that coronavirus so that fucking was smashed and then i had an all fight august 1st and then that's been pushed back um a month to september the 5th and that's now my fight it's four weeks today finally got a fight but i'm i'm down to fight immediately after this straight away and just go and keep this whole momentum going but the, how how long do i have between fights it's it genuinely varies man it might be an injury it might be a fucking it might be like a coronavirus, some disease, or just outbreak. You never know. So hopefully it's going to be again and again and again, but you don't know. 
this game is very unpredictable. There was so much in the answer I need to go through, but I mean, the question itself was more around preference. Like, okay, so you're trying to peek at something else. So, so this is more a case of, okay, you've got your, you could call it a camp, but just for like sake of reference points. So you're training as normal. You're going to try and peek a bit extra for a specific event, a camp, call it what you want. But then do you have like a deload time afterwards? Do you try and actively take, I don't know, because obviously you're saying you're focusing on skill work. Are you taking, tailoring things down? Or are you going back to, Fight intensity. What's your training like from there onwards? Um, well, I'm just. It's, I do the same thing really. Just train, work hard, try not to get injuries, have a hard session, listen to my body, go on to go to the next one, but always be practicing technique. I don't really mix that up. I might go running more for a fight, but other than that, that is literally just me the whole year round. Then I don't really change from that. When you do your running, are you quite one for visualizing? Do you just listen to music trying to zone out? What's your... No, I'm just getting through a boring run. That's what I'm doing. The run's <laughs> boring. I just, I just, I'm getting through it. I don't enjoy it. I just, I just you, get, you do get into a Zen mode, a Zen state when you get into a, a, a zone in running. But it's the whole process building into that. <laughs> but I'm not one to, I'm one to visualize sitting still. And yeah, you can visualize running and meditate and, 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 and that, but I'm just more of the kind of runner who just wants to just get through that fucking run. <laughs> I mean, chatting yeah. about your mum with who's the marathon running means you probably, probably kind of empathize. She probably likes it. I mean, I wouldn't have thought yeah. um, you do marathons if you didn't like it. With um, your fight days themselves, and same about visualizing when you're sort of, you know, being quite stagnant, when you're there on the day, because again, you're saying about how it's a fight, it's a war, the opponent is more of a stepping stone. Where's your head on the day itself? Are you quite cool and composed? Are you trying to get yourself psyched up? What's your fight day normally looking like? I feel like now I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to be more cool and composed than I've ever been because I'm just so much better than I have ever been. And I'm just so much bigger and older and wiser and just better than I was a year ago. So um, I was cool, calm a year ago. I feel like I'll be cool and calm in a month. Just cool, calm, collected. So with that being said then, so what does the day itself look like? Do you like to try and switch off? Do you like to think about the fight the whole day? Is it something Wake you try up, and... eat food, chill, watch something on YouTube, have like a light workout, um, have some more food, take off to the arena, go to the arena, check in, deal with all the bullshit, go into the changing room, chill in the changing room, sleep in the changing room, relax in the changing room, just whatever. And then just wait and just wait until you're cool to come out and then just fight. That's really it. And with the warm up on the day itself, do you like to really get proper sweat on? Do you like to just move around a bit? What's your, because you have your work. Warm up is just a sort of just, uh, it's not like I have like a little bit of a, a little bit of an explosion, but nothing like more than three or four minutes. So just, just a little bit, just a little bit of skipping, just a little bit of loosening out, stretching and opening out some joints and just, just might get, I might have got a machine gun. I might just have someone like um, machine gun my back. It's like a massage gun and that, that gun just thing. loosens me up. And then, yeah, it's just like a pre, uh, pre yoga sort of MOT stretch. Kind of yeah. Yeah. Do you use it quite a lot just like your normal training anyway, like recovery, those kind of massage gun things? Yeah, I, I used it today. My back was fucked from all this wrestling. 
So I, I had to uh, <laughs> I had to have some help and have it machined. I mean, that's kind of my next question with all this, because again, the the amount you're training, the intensity you're training, obviously the size you are and your training partners are. I mean, wear and tear just sort of screams to mind a little bit. And like, how do you deal with your injuries and your recovery? Do you have a lot of like, I don't know, how, what is your normal like recovery prehab stuff do you normally do? Is it just kind of bro science? How is it? It's quite methodical. How do you like to, I don't know, recover properly? Well, I, I'm used to pain, so pain's not really uh, foreigner to me. I feel like uh, any injury that I have, I'm now smart enough to just rest it and not listen to people who um, may cause that injury to get worse. I just I have experience now and know when to push it and when not to push it. And that's, that's what I feel like I've messed my body up before by not listening to it and um, getting silly injuries, which I don't need to get. And now I feel like I just sort of have a good balance of, of course, you never know when you get injured, but I have a good feeling of when I know I'm about to get injured or when, I, when my body feels sore. But in all, in all seriousness, man, I've done a lot of training recently. I've worked very hard and I'm, I'm just feeling very solid, you know, so it's good. I mean, that's it as well. It's good having that level of awareness of how you feel and how you're performing and then keeping a good kind of balance in the pair of them to make sure, okay, yes, I'm peaking well in my training, but also I'm taking damage and getting injuries. It's kind of like, you know, balancing out. It's good that you're staying on top of that and being, I don't know, aware and not sort of acting on it. And like sort of being I've wrestled three days in a row, three days in a row wrestling. And each day that has been the only session that I have done. I didn't fucking do any boxing heavy workout before that. Right? I do some maybe light shadow boxing and I do some light shadow but I've just decided for the last couple of weeks to just focus heavily on wrestling. And when I do the wrestling, it's, it's, that's my session of the day. That's like the session I put everything into. I don't go into that session depleted and fucking broken. And I'm not even listening to the technique because I'm tired because I've just done a huge S and C that morning. That makes no sense to me. That's just thick. My opinion is you go to that session alert, you listen to what's being told, you learn the technique, get better at the skill. You go home, you rest, you live for another day. You don't fucking destroy your body to the point where you can't move the next day, you know? I mean, wrestling as a whole is always sort of given that perspective of always working hard, always grinding, that kind of mentality as well, being uncomfortable. But then you've taken it more of a, I don't know, longevity or kind of approach to it as well. Is, is that. Um, the wrestling itself. The wrestling has got the balance between the strength, the cardio, the speed, the agility. That It's got everything. That in itself, like my heart rate is going very low because of wrestling. I mean, as well, like wrestling, if anyone, every fighter who's, if everyone listening to this now, any fighter who you ask what's the hardest part of training, it's always going to be wrestling and the wake up. But like, you know, wrestling, it's always fucking horrible. Everyone's got an excuse why they can't do it because it's fucking horrible. But when you do it, you know, you needed to do it. It's like eating your vegetables. All right, let's see yeah. those cauliflower is. I mean, you seem to have gotten away all right with it. Yeah, you, I mean... It's one of these ones. You kind of um. Mine's not too bad, but I've got very, like a lot of. I've got a lot of. Uh, what do you call? Hardly any cartilage in my ears, so not much. Hey, sure just... enough, eh? Look at that. Oh, I got yeah. <laughs> I actually like... have no cartilage in my nose or ears, so. Oh, well, I thought that was from boxing. No, that's just like natural. And that's just the way my nose is. Oh, you built a last. Look cartilage. at that. Never broken my nose once. Oh, look at that. I don't think you can break your nose at that point. But yeah. <laughs> It's very good. Think about it. That's a designed nose for boxing. 
was going to say you're built to fight. Got not uncauliflowerable ears, if that's a word. I think that's in the dictionary. I'll make sure. And then you've got your um, unbreakable nose as well. And now on that absolute wonderful note, my friend, where can people find you on the old social media? Uh, they can find me on Will Curry MMA for both Twitter and Insta. Awesome. And when your fight is up, where can people watch it? Is it a pay-per-view event? Is it? Yeah, you'd have to check the Probellum Instagram and uh, see. There'll be details on the poster, I'm sure. But um, I think it's going to be one of those where it's a closed event. So it will probably have to be watched on something. But Probellum will have it on their page. Cool. Stay tuned, guys. Make sure you're keeping up to date with the Probellum page. And Today's episode was brought to you by Mola MMA. Use code FCMMA20 at checkout for 20% off on all products on maulermma.com.